This is the Father Matters Show with your host, Vance Sims. Father Matters is committed to building stronger, healthier communities by supporting, encouraging, and enlightening today's fathers and families. And now, your host, Vance Sims. Welcome to the Father Matters Show. I'm your host, Vance Sims. Thank you for joining us on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. This is one of those shows where I'm going to take my time. And if you have teen daughters, teen sons, I want you to have them join you during this show. We're going to talk about something heavy, something deep, something personal. And I have a special guest who's going to share her story. And, and, and my guest is Bobby Sudbury, executive director, co-founder of Katie's Way. Welcome to the Father Matter Show, Bobby. Thank you, Vance. I was trying to figure out how to open this show. There, there is no way to open this. I wanted to just get right to it because you're going to share some deep stuff with us. and You're going to share something that's going on all over, all around this country, and it needs to be addressed. Absolutely. And you're going to share your daughter's Katie's story with us. And let's just start off with you sharing a little bit about Katie's Way. Why the organization Katie's Way? Well, because um, it is based on Katie's Way, our daughter, our 17-year-old daughter, Katie. Um, she herself, uh, just a very uh, peaceful, um, generous, sweet person, patient, uh, empathetic, uh, accepting, caring, and equality. And uh, that's our that's an acronym that goes along with the organization, and it's peace. And what it does is it heads up our peace rights and responsibilities and how we promote healthy relationships. But the organization began based on our own personal tragedy that happened back in 2008 that just blew my family's lives out of the water. Uh, you know, life as we knew it no longer exists. We There are certain things we don't do. Um, because of the tragedy that happened with our daughter, Katie. And if you don't mind sharing with us what happened to Katie. Um, well, can I preface that with a little bit more about Katie and yeah. who she was and everything? Tell us. Tell us. You know, a beautiful young lady. Uh, actually, she had her whole life ahead of her. Uh, she was uh, 17 years old, a senior at Moon Valley High School right here um, just north of Metro Center in Phoenix. Um, she... Uh, you know, had been accepted to NAU. She was going to study wildlife sciences because she absolutely loved animals. And after NAU, she was going to go to San Diego State and um, study marine biology because she wanted to know land animals as much as, you know, sea animals. She just had a really sweet, giving heart. She was the type of kid, very self-disciplined, uh, got really good grades. Um, she, You could ask her to do anything, and, you know, she, she would do what she can to help you or whatever. Um, our dog had puppies. She pitched right in and helped us take care of those puppies. Just a really loving, caring, giving person that, you know, just, it, like I said, had her whole world ahead of her, everything going on for her in the right direction. Now, back up, let's back up about a year mm-hmm. when she was 16. She actually engaged in her first dating relationship. And this is exciting for any kid, you know. Um, up until that point, she was just friends with everybody and didn't really, you know, wasn't really interested in any one person in particular. But, you know, this this particular young man, his name is Daniel, he, um, you know, her and him actually hung out as friends with other friends 
uh, you know, and so they were in a group and everything like that. And, you know, they began to know each other and, you know, saw that there were things in common and everything, you know, so that was great. Well, they start dating and everything. And just like any other dating relationship, it started off really nice and sweet. You know, we're all looking, kind of watching, seeing how things are going and everything. And, you know, brothers and sisters, you know, with the the two boys, our sons were actually uh, out of state, but when they'd come to visit, you know, and then her sisters, you know, we'd all, you know, gather together and we'd watch and see that he was being really nice to her, very pleasant around her. He'd come over and visit her at the house, walk her to school. I even asked her one time, does he walk you to class? She was like, well, yeah, when he can, you know, just really sweet. And, you know, it, it was all going along just fine, it seemed like. But then, you know, a few months in, he becomes very possessive and jealous, and in and, and his possessiveness and jealousy really starts taking over his personality. And, it, you know, now by this time, Katie's emotionally invested in the relationship. And this is what happens. You know, the, 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 the non-abuser becomes emotionally invested. Then the abuser starts showing their true colors mm-hmm. and behaving in very, you know, um, inappropriate ways. Like he uh, would try to isolate her from her family and friends. You know, he didn't want her having anything to do with somebody that uh, was not him or approved by him, him or his friends or him and his family. Uh, He wanted to be with her all the time, you know, 24-7. And, you know, when people first start dating, yes, of course, they want to be around each other a lot and they want to talk to each other a lot because they're getting to know each other. But after a certain amount of time, it needs to level off because in the end, we're all still individuals. And really, how well can you know someone without being that person? So, you know, and he wasn't willing to let up. Heck, he didn't want just 24-7. He wanted 25-8. And he just kept pushing it and pushing it. And that was part of why he was trying to isolate her from everybody. Because he wanted to become the end-all, be-all for her. He wanted himself to be the only person in her world. He wanted to be her world. Just like he made her his world, you know, type of thing. So... As time went on, there was verbal abuse, there was emotional abuse, there was psychological abuse, and and that's basically how it starts in an abusive relationship. And then it becomes physically abusive. And I'll I'll give you an example of when I basically learned it was, you know, becoming physically abusive is uh, one of his isolation techniques that he was trying to do was he, um, they were in an argument and he snatches her phone from her. Now, there's two things wrong with this, all right? The first thing is he snatched something from her. You know, that to me is physical abuse. Nobody has the right to snatch anything from anyone. But the second thing about that is in the state of Arizona, that would be saw as he took her ability to call for help away from her, which is literally a chargeable offense in the state of Arizona, okay? So he's got her phone. He brings up text message, brings up my phone number and my husband's phone number, and says it's a text message saying, you know, hi, mom, dad, this is Katie. I've been a bad girl lately. I've been having sex with older men, doing drugs, and drinking a lot of alcohol. Now, So Daniel texts this. Yes, Daniel had the phone, and he texts that to my husband and I. Because you think it's Katie. He's trying to let us think it's Katie. You know, now, the first thing I thought is, wow, this kid really thinks we got stupid, you know, tattooed on our forehead. Because, honestly, what teenager is really going to do that? You know, that was just his way of trying to get her in trouble with us or trying to get us to question her or something to that effect because he was upset with her, Mm -hmm. you know, and then also to isolate her to where, you know, we start turning our backs on her and stuff like that. So basically uh, what I did is I text back 
And I said, you need to give Katie back her phone. So you knew that that was not Katie. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Katie was accepted to NAU. She had good grades and everything. And she had a job at the time. Did she really have time for all that? No, not at all. And you know your daughter. Oh, absolutely. I know my daughter. Yeah. And so basically I text him back. Well, he broke her phone in half after getting that text. And in a matter of a few months, he broke her phone four different times. And these were just all, you know, instances of him being extremely inappropriately angry and taking it out on someone or something. Now, the first time he broke her phone or the first time the verbal abuse started, the Katie share that with you and your husband well you know it's funny because the first time we you know i saw the verbal abuse uh and this is just a couple months into the relationship um she's walking down the hallway and she's got the phone and she's holding it out away from her ear and he's screaming and i can hear it and i just looked at her i said honey i said you got the power she just looked at me like i was a little crazy i said hang up the phone you don't have to listen to anybody talk to you like that and at that, at that point is when I was really talking to her and trying to get her to understand, honey, okay, you don't deserve to be treated like that in a relationship. Relationships are supposed to be fun. We're supposed to enjoy each other, be happy, okay? And she just basically, you know, was looking at me and I said, look at this. Look at it this way. Does your dad treat me that way? I said, absolutely not. Do I treat your father that way? No way. We respect each other. We love each other. And we're very kind and gentle with each other. And that's what you should expect from somebody in your life. You shouldn't be afraid of them or feel like you need to hang up the phone on them or anything. You know, there's ways to handle these types of situations without all the screaming and the yelling and the accusations and everything. After the the yelling and she hung up the phone, I'm sure, that you or your husband speak with, with Daniel? Actually, um, further down the road, I had tried speaking to him, but that was after her and him had broke up. Um, He really was not approachable. And um, he had become so inappropriate that uh, we had literally told him he was not allowed around the house. You know, we, we don't want him anywhere near the house. We don't want him near our family or anything like that. And when we told him this, we had suggested that Katie end the relationship. Now, we didn't demand she end the relationship, and that's primarily because what do teenagers do when you tell them what to do? Keep doing the same thing. Yeah, and oftentimes the opposite. You know, yeah. So we suggested it, and then what we did is we continued to talk to her and continued to talk to her and you know, um, get other family members to talk to her and really try to get her to understand. And actually, she had a very dear friend. And um, her sister, who sat her down to have an intervention, which is when Katie really started to end the relationship. So the talking to her and the staying with her and the supporting her did work because she eventually ended the relationship. So Katie was 17. Mm -hmm. How old was Daniel? He was 17 also. What did you know about Daniel? Um, You know, that he went to her school, that he enjoyed school, because when we first met him, we did have a conversation with him. We did talk to him, and we kind of give him a little bit of the third degree that mom and dads will do. Uh, you know, he, he had lived in the Phoenix area for, uh, I believe, all his life or most of his life. And I believe he had moved from the Peoria area. Mm-hmm. He enjoyed going to Moon Valley High School. He had made some really nice friends. He was on track to graduate, and he was excited about graduating. You know, he it's almost like he knew exactly what he needed to say to us, mm. you know, in order to—, to uh, receive our approval and it was like he knew what he needed to do and you know the things that we saw and watched um 
uh, did you get the opportunity to meet his parents, his his mother, his father, no. while, while they were dating? No, no. Um, from what I understand, that was a very dysfunctional situation, very dysfunctional situation. And so there was really not the opportunity to have anything to do with them. So after they broke up, what happened next? After they broke up, he th- his harassment of her increased exponentially. And what we didn't know that um, is something we educate on now is that w- the most dangerous time for a victim in an abusive relationship is when they end that relationship. Why is that? I hear I hear that a lot. Why speak on that? Why is that? Because this is this is my perception of it, and this is what I've learned. Okay. The abuser is trying to exercise power and control over the victim through the relationship, right? And they eventually feel that they gain that control, okay? So now they've got this control. Then the victim ends the relationship. Well, the abuser now feels that they no longer have that control anymore. Therefore, they go out of control. What they don't understand is that they never had control to begin with, right? you know, because you can't, nobody has the ability to control anyone else, honestly. You know, we, we just don't. So basically, um, they lose control yeah. and they really become inappropriate and their behavior escalates exponentially. And he was texting her constantly and it was very manic. One minute, I love you. I want you back. I can't live without you. I'm going to kill myself. The next minute, he's calling her names, you know, just just totally blowing things up, you know, and being really mean and nasty. And um, he and then he also uh, assaulted her three times in Physi- public. Physically. Physically assaulted her three times in public. And like uh, spread apart or like right after each other? Um, let's see. The first one was uh, the beginning of January. She went to take his stuff, you know, things that he had given her. She went to his work, you know, in a public place to take his stuff back. She didn't even get out of the car when he jumped in the car. And basically they an, an altercation ensued. And a passerby walked by and saw this going on and called the police and the police came out. And, um, you know, eventually he got out of the car and they just sent her on her way. Uh, the, the other two times was at school. This is what I want to do. I'm going to stop right there. If you have teen children, teenagers, I want you to sit down and have them listen to the show with you. You're, <clears throat> you're listening to the Father Matter Show with Vance Sims. And today's guest is Bobby Sudbury with Katie's Way. We'll hear more from Bobby after this. Hi, this is Vance Sims, host of the Father Matters Show. Would you consider partnering with us? Father Matters is a nonprofit ministry that's listener-supported and relies on donations and grants. All funds raised go directly to Father Matters mentoring programs for families, which means that your donation will help important projects that service children and families. For more information about partnering with us, log on to fathermatters.org and click the Donate to Father Matters icon. Together, let's build stronger, healthier communities by supporting, encouraging, and enlightening today's fathers and families. And we're back with Bobby Sudbury with Katie's Way. If you're just tuning in, you can catch the top of the show at fathermatters.org. 
Also catch the Father Matters Show nationally every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time by logging on to blogtalkradio.com or catch our archive shows anytime worldwide at soundcloud.com. Again, if you have teen daughters, teen sons, I want you to have them listen to this show with you. Uh, Bobby, before the break, we were talking about after Katie broke up with Daniel, the assaults began, and you shared with us the first assault, and there were two more assaults? Yes, there were two more assaults um, once they went back to the, uh, the last semester of the year. And these happened the middle to late part of January, and they were roughly about a week apart. And the reason I remember that is because the first time he assaulted her, I believe it was January 17th, he assaulted her and uh, he stripped her backpack off of her. He's screaming at her, um, you know, just having, you know, blaming her for everything. Uh, he's trying to take her bank card and her, her, her driver's license. And, you know, she had called my husband and, she, and my husband said, you know, what, go to the principal's office right now. Leave it all there and go. So she goes to the principal's office and the police are called. Uh, he's taken to the principal's office and... Um, a report is taken, and basically he's suspended from school, and he got a five-day suspension from that. And we're like, okay, you know, hopefully things are going to calm down. He's going to have some time to think about this. The day he gets back from his suspension, again, she's walking in, in the, the walkway and all that, and he walks up to her, and he grabs her by her shoulders, and he's shaking the beans out of her, and he's yelling at her. It's all her fault. Why is she doing this to him? Why is she going to press charges? I mean, my goodness, he's, he's assaulted her twice now, you know, in public. Why shouldn't she press charges? But what we were told is that we were unable to press charges because she didn't have a witness in the first two that would corroborate what went on. Mm. So on the third one, she did take a take and look as he was assaulting her, and she saw somebody there that she knew. So when she broke away, she went to the principal's office again. The police were called, and um, she named the witness. And the witness, bless his heart, you know, gave a little statement and everything and basically you know, talked about what she had basically told them. So, again, a report was taken, and um, now he's expelled from school. And that was pretty much it. Uh, I find out the very next day that he's um, threatened to kill Katie and himself out of desperation and everything. So I am told to go get an order of protection by the police officer. Um, much to my dismay, uh, I get there and I'm talking to the judge. I have three uh, reports of, you know, that I've documented and everything on the order of protection request. And unfortunately, we were not given an order of protection. The judge said he could not allow us to get an order of protection because the relationship was just dating. And, and at that matter, it was just formally dating. So um, he says, I can give you an injunction against harassment. And, you know, I mean, that doesn't hold the weight that an order of protection does. But I still took it. I was going to walk out of there with something. Um, so basically, we keep Katie out of school uh, for the rest of the week. Um, we're, you know, kind of doing the buddy system, you know, trying to really, you know, protect her and watch her and everything. And, uh, you know, just kind of work, trying to work through this, trying to figure out because, you know, after I had gotten just the injunction against harassment, I had called the police officer we were dealing with and he says, I'm sorry, ma'am, there's not much more we can do for you. And so we get two big zeros right there. So what do you, what do you do? You know, and so we're trying to hunker down. We're trying to, you know, make things so that nothing happens to her or anything like that. And things did get quiet 
things did get very, very quiet. And we thought, okay, so maybe the storm is over. You know, maybe he knows that we went to the court and everything like that. And I was just going to let him believe that the injunction against harassment was an order of protection. Um, nonetheless, so Katie decides about a week later she wants to go to, go back to school and everything. And things have calmed down. So, um, you know, the one thing I was concerned about was, okay, what was her plan? And she just said, you know what, Mom, he's not going to hurt me. But she did tell me the next morning, because I gave her an out, I said, look, honey, you don't have to go to school or anything like that. We can... We can figure this out, and I'll get your schoolwork and everything. And she's like, no, Mom, i got to get my studies back on. I want to be with my friends and everything. And I was like, okay. She goes, i got to ride to school and a ride home from school. She says, I'm good. And I said, all right, well, I love you, and you have a great day. And she said, I love you too, Mom. But what I didn't know at that moment was that was the very last time I would hear those words from her because she's walking home from school, her ride was delayed, and she chose to walk home from school. He rolls up on her, and he's got a shotgun and a duffel bag. And she's right in front of our house. She's not 20 feet from the door. And an altercation happens. She runs to the neighbor's house and trying to jump their fence. And he pulls her down off the fence. He pulls out the shotgun, and point blank, he shoots her, and then he shoots himself. How did you hear about that? My little girl, my baby girl, Virginia, she's homesick from school that day. And she calls me at work and she says, Mama, there's six cop cars outside and I don't know what's going on. I said, is your sister home? She said, no. And so I called the neighbor and I said, okay, Sam, what's going on? She says, I don't know, but there's two people down and there's been gunshots. And my heart just sank. And what I want to do right there, Bob, if you don't mind, I, I, I want to have you come back next week because you have so much more to share, and I, I don't, I don't want this rush. We're, you know, we're, we're at the end of the show, and I want you to come back next week. Will you come back next week to finish this? Absolutely. Um, for for now, where can our listeners go to learn more about Katie's Way? They can go to katiesway.org, and that's k-a-i-t-y-s-w-a-y dot o-r-g. And uh, we have all kinds of information, summary of the story, if anybody missed um, the story and or wants to share it with anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, current events page, uh, how to get help, how to give help, uh, information have, about your rights. Do you have a Facebook? Yes, we do have a Facebook page. Uh, we have actually a Facebook peace page, and then we have a regular page. You can like us on one page, and you can friend us on another. Okay, and what about if someone want to contact you to maybe come speak to their organization or church How can I get in contact with you, Bobby? On the website, on the Contact Us page, the email address goes directly to me, or they can call me. So you do go out and speak and do trainings? and Yes, absolutely, for anybody and everybody, anybody that has a teenager in their life and teenagers. Give us that website one more time. katiesway.org, K-A-I-T-Y-S-W-A-Y dot O-R-G. So we are going to continue this next week because, again, I mean— I don't want this rushed. What would you say to a mom that's listening or a dad that's listening to the show right now? Communicate and talk to your children. Let be your child's trusted adult. And for fathers who have daughters? For fathers who have daughters, um, help them understand how 
they should deserve to be treated in a relationship and how they need to treat someone else. And moms, as far as mothers, especially there's a lot of moms who are in these type of situations need to realize that they're setting a pattern for their daughters. What would you say to moms? You deserve to be treated like a wonderful human being and respected and loved. Accept nothing less. Thank you, Bobby. We're going to continue this next week. Thank you for listening to the Father Matters Show. Send us your questions or comments to info at fathermatters.org. Thank you to my engineer, Jeremy Siegel. Listen to this show, forward this show, share this show with other people, okay? And we will see you next week at the same time, same place. Have a safe week. Thank you, and God bless.